What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're joined by Seth Morris from Barry Law out in Nebraska. He's going to tell us about the ballot initiative that Nebraskans will see on their ballot this November. Uh, but first, we do have to get into a little bit of Cannabis Legalization News. So, me and Tom, what's going on? What's up? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Wednesday at 2 o'clock. It means Cannabis Legalization News is on the air. And if you guys are enjoying the show, please do uh, give us some likes, some subscribes. It's literally what feeds this channel. That, and then you can applaud now, and you can also use, um, what do they call that? Super Chat. Super Chat, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Donate. Help. <laughs> Don't forget that. So, man, did you, uh, you want to start off the news summary, or should I? Oh, I just thought it was interesting. Did you see a marijuana moment? Uh, uh, President Carter talking about the, the infamous story about his son smoking uh, weed with uh, Willie Nelson in the White House. I did. It was in the news this week. And so what was some of the uh, the information regarding uh, the Willie Nelson story? What's the gist? I just find it as confirmation. I mean, that story's been going on for years, right? No one has ever had actual substantial support of like, yeah, it happened, you know? So yeah. You think Willie Nelson was always on the slide. Like, I smoked weed in the White House, but not with who? Well, it was described as a fat Austin torpedo. That that was Willie Nelson described the uh, the joint that he smoked with Jimmy Carter's son, a uh, you know a fat Austin torpedo. I want one. Well, that that's pretty cool. I mean, like who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, the one that I liked that I saw going around was out of the hill actually, and it shows how widestream it is. One in twenty older Americans regularly smoke marijuana. Now, one in 20, that's only like 5%. What do they consider to be older Americans? Older than aged 55. So 5%, right? That's one in 20. Fuck, I'm so close to that age. Well, uh, you know, you're already overrepresentative of yourself. Good work on that. Right. Hey, I got another positive uh, uh, story uh, poll. Here's one from uh, Mississippi. 81% of Mississippians. Ooh, because I think Mississippi is a ballot state. Uh, Lauren, please confirm with us if Mississippi is a ballot state, and maybe we'll find an activist. Uh, or like, because this today, we have a good one about uh, Nebraska. And so we're yeah. going to be learning up all about Nebraska's interesting oneness policy. And if what's that mean? Well, yeah, stick around, because we'll, we'll talk all about how medical marijuana is probably going to play out in Nebraska. But then the, uh, the, other, the other thing that I saw that I thought was just like Keechee, you know, it's not really that it's not even really news. So in celebrity opinion news, Seth Rogen's advice on ending coronavirus is to smoke weed and watch movies. I can't do a Seth Rogen impersonation. That was like literally the first half-assed one I've ever tried. And, I'm, and I apologize for it. I'm going to have to go tweet apologies about a terrible half-assed Seth Rogen impersonation. I just got to say I'm already ahead of the game. Oh, yeah, because uh, you've been smoking weed and watching movies. I just that's all I do. Man. We're playing video games. Well, you also had the coronavirus in January, remember? You had it before it was cool. Yeah. Oh, God, please. Before the top. <laughs> and if it wasn't, I don't want the coronavirus because that was bad when I had whatever the fuck it was. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Somebody that I know finally has tested for it. I'm like, oh, wow, I actually know somebody who has it now. <laughs> you know, because that's, that's what I do. I just hang out uh, and work and try to avoid the coronavirus these days. It's been a hell of a year, man. Hell, yeah. Well, you kind of been avoiding it for the past two years, haven't you? The coronavirus? No, it's only been since like March. It was. No, I meant we were working from home. Oh, <laughs> uh, working from home. Well, I've been working in. I used to. I was like biphasic. I had more than one's office, and so I'd be mm -hmm. in Chicago fifty percent of the time before Chicago got basically shut down, or like the, all the events are like Zoom conferences now. So yeah. it was very, it was very surreal back in like March, uh, where the world turned into this podcast. 
you know? Good. Well, because, oh. like, we had been doing it for, like, a year by then. And yeah. so, like, you know, it was kind of normal for us. And then suddenly, everywhere. They were cool before it was. Hey, did, did you see have some other news, dude? Huh? Did you have some other news? Oh, I just have some funny shit here. Here's a, did you see the one with the elephant getting CBD? Oh, yeah. We talked about the elephant getting CBD last round. Um, you know, and so, like, what's the status update on, the, on them getting CBD? Anything? I think he's not as sad. He's not as sad. I don't know. I mean, I I imagine his mannerisms and whatnot from you know what they're doing, but yeah. And did you see that police raid in Oakland, though? I mean, on the no, I didn't. What happened to police raid in Oakland before we get to like the biggest news of the week? Yeah, so there was an Oakland church, marijuana and mushrooms. All right, so it's an Oakland church and they seize marijuana and mushrooms. Once again, RIFRA does not apply to drugs. The right, uh, what is it? The RIFRA stands for the Restore Your Freedoms and of uh, First Amendment and Religion Act or something. RIFRA has never applied to cannabis. And so that's why you always see those cannabis churches get shut down like that. And then, of course, they were going with mushrooms, too. But I bet that was one hell of a service, dude. It's just crazy, though. How I, it always bothers me how the government can just set this line of what is religion, what's not right. You can believe in your yeah. own magical sky god. Or you can't believe in the plant. Yeah, I mean, but we can. We have like American religions too. But like, as soon as that American religion tries to adopt weed and mushrooms, it's suddenly not protected. I mean, like the spaceships. That's okay, bro. You know, you could you could believe in that Zephulax or whatever the fuck uh, the Zeons and Nuons. There's some weird freaking religions that America has made. You know? Yeah, for real though. And then we got uh, other stuff, right? Something well, no, on. like the biggest news, the biggest news, and like it's kind of duplicative almost now because of uh, our show over the weekend with uh, the Drug Policy Alliance when we did the update on the Moore Act, and so we kind of covered this already. But then uh, a couple hours ago, uh, here we are on September 2nd, so they are going to vote. Uh, GOP congressman says he's going to vote yes on marijuana legalization despite reparations concerns. And so uh, the Moore Act hopefully is going to be actually up for a vote on the House of Con- uh, the House of Representatives Chamber of Commerce Congress uh, in uh, September, hopefully September 21st that week. So join us, the likes and the subscribes, and then then join us, you know, to to watch live as we talk about did your congressman vote yes for um, the Moore Act? That'll be that Matt Getz that who said that. Who's that? Oh. Was that Matt Getz who said that? That guy's kind uh, of a douche. It was, no, it was Tom McClintock, he says. But then, okay. oh, no, you're going up. Now I see a Getz name. Where's where's this Matt Getz from? He does a podcast. Oh, he's Florida. Oh, hot takes with Matt Getz. Hey, uh, let's see if we can get Matt Getz on the program and see if he has a hot take on what he thinks the, 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 the Morak uh, has to offer and why he's going to support it. Maybe he could uh, drop us a little something. I would hope so. Just for, you know, the whole reparations thing, too, though. I, I hate when these were... Conservative people, whatever, uh, refer to reparations as a negative. Like, you know, the the marijuana reparations is going to come out of taxes anyways. You know, uh, that's one of the reasons why I think reparations is rebranding itself as social equity because the, to understand it in concepts of equity as opposed to in concepts of reparations, which which implies that you're getting something for free, yeah. or it implies that uh, what you're doing is beyond uh, the bounds of reasonableness, as opposed to equity, where it's like no, like. You built this wealth right on our backs, and then you systematically kept us out of all these programs for decades, and you're still hurting us with the, with the drug war. And uh, if we try to restructure that to undo all the harms through the, the regulatory harms that were literally on them, like it was yeah. fucking legal to have slaves. Yeah. You know, 
And and because of that, and then not only that, you know, just uh, the, the systematic racism in the United States. I mean, I'm not saying that we're perfect, obviously, but that I think is where the uh, the point of, I mean, if you call them reparations, that's one thing. But if you see it as like a, a thing in equity where they have not been made whole and they have not been given the same opportunities as uh, people like me have. Yeah. Well, we got to remember that, you know, separate drinking fountains were just within our parents' lives. That's know? right. Not it just wasn't like 100 years ago. Yeah. They just celebrated the Martin Luther King uh, something. And uh, it wasn't only like 50, 60 years ago. That's yeah. it. Yeah, this, and people are surprised that we have these discrepancies, these disparities. It's, nah, it's, it's prejudice, man. And then yeah. it, though, it's not all good news in cannabis. I mean, it's not all like, oh, my gosh, the more act's going to be in Congress and it might actually pass. You know, there was the, uh, the news out of the great state of Nebraska. The ballot initiative in medical marijuana is being challenged in court. Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner filed a challenge to the petition uh, for the ballot initiative that got well over the 122,000 signatures it needed because they're asking if it poses two separate questions in violation of the single question requirement that uh, constitutional or I think it would be a constitutional amendment in, in Nebraska requires. Hmm. Maybe you know that? I, I guess could help us. But. Oh, yeah. I think that's it. So, hey, Seth, what's going on? Hey, how are you guys doing? Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about what you're doing at uh, Barry Law? Yeah. So, uh, me personally, I represent you know, with the status of marijuana currently being illegal in the state of Nebraska. So, my job is to represent those charged with crimes uh, from border to border. Right? We have offices in Lincoln and in Omaha. But anywhere in Nebraska where you are being prosecuted for a crime for the possession of cannabis and even sometimes CBD, uh, I am there uh, to represent your interests. Nice. Cool, dude. Well, thanks for coming on to talk to us. So what's going on with the ballot initiative process to legalize medical marijuana in the Cornhusker state? Yes. Yep. The Cornhusker state. I, um, I knew that one. South Dakota. <laughs> what do you think South Dakota's is? Well, their their advertising is meth. We're on it. Oh, I know <laughs> we laughed about that, but we didn't know what it was called. I was like South Dakota, the, yeah. the what what state? You know, I guess Illinois, the yeah. land of Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, that that was uh that's gonna live on in infamy that that uh, advertising campaign. But here we are. We're talking about it, right? So it's working, I guess, from that angle. <laughs> sure. But, yeah. So so broad strokes. The, the ballot initiative has been an overwhelming success from the standpoint of getting people involved. So we have 93 counties in Nebraska. There have been signatures in all 93 counties, right? So from there, you're required to get 122,000. I believe they turned in 185,000. Oh, wow. So they, you know, turned in, you know, basically one and a half times as many as they, they needed uh, to turn in because they said we're not going to get you know screwed up on a technicality if someone didn't put their address or or something. We're just going to have so many, and we have so many people in favor of it uh, that that it, it's you know going to get jammed through. And I think it's it's going to pass. Uh, when I speak to juries uh, on marijuana cases, you know I just show of hands, tell me uh, who's here in favor of, of marijuana legalization. Between two thirds and three quarters raise their hand. Uh, so I, I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, so that's kind of the background. But as far as is this initiative. Right. So the legal challenge is 
so in Nebraska, you can put a constitutional uh, initiative together. And if you meet the requirements, you get the signatures. It has to be so many counties, so many people in these counties. Uh, it's going to be on the ballot. But one of the fine tuned points is it has to only ask one question. Right. And so the the text of the ballot initiative here, uh, the, the lawsuit is claiming that it's asking two questions. Right. So the, the text of the ballot says, should the Constitution of Nebraska be amended to provide individuals the right to use, possess, access, purchase and produce cannabis and cannabis products? So it says it literally has a number one and two. Right. So it says one and then two and allow private entities and their agents operating in Nebraska to grow, cultivate um, and dispense uh, of cannabis. So I can hear what the, the sheriff's talking about. It's like, hey, we're allowed one question. You asked two. It's like uh, we should the Nebraska Constitution amended uh, be amended to one. And then I'm going to yada, yada, yada that. And then and two. Yada, yada, yada. And so uh, I'm not sure why they drafted it like that. It, it's certainly not a meritless complaint, right? Because a lot of times any big issue like this, there's going to be lawsuits about the language. There's going to be lawsuits about whether or not. I mean, because the, the person that's opposing it, they're going to take every step that they can. Well, right? what about this? This is one of like the so what's of it all, because from my understanding of constitutional analysis, they try to cleave off the least amount of like they aren't going to sit there and like, you know, legislate for them. But if one part is unconstitutional, don't they just cut that out to the certain extent so the thing can still move forward? I mean, is it going to be uh, dispositive, which is just a lawyer word that means like, you know, you're, you're gone or like the issue's resolved? Uh, or is it going to just mean like, what if question two would just be cut out? It'd be like, all right, that's that's too far. It's implicit in, in the first component. We won't read the second component. Or do they say, no, you have to start over? That I am unsure of. I think you would have the the possibility to narrowly tailor it to to fit the uh, requirements, right? Because I almost look at number two as how you know. So basically, we're saying that you have the right to, uh, you know, people have the right to possess medical marijuana, and inherent in that is the right for some people to sell it and and to you know transport it and all of those things that are involved in, in our system of commerce. So it seems to me that that wasn't entirely necessary. It's almost inherent, you know, like the Second Amendment has been held that, you know, your right to possess firearms naturally includes ammunition and components. Uh, you know, that's naturally included within that. So uh, I, I'm not entirely sure because these things, uh, you know, come around so rarely and, you know, generally it goes on. And doesn't affect me. So I, I don't. Well, that, are they trying to disqualify it from the ballot or can the people still answer it? And it just might not be effective. So I I'm guessing that the sheriff is trying to disqualify it from the, the ballot entirely. Yeah. It will be their position and then basically force, uh, you know, See, the ballot initiative to hit the reset button. That What's sounds so I mean, think about that, Miggy, because like that, that is like making my injustice bone just go like ding. Well, I'm saying like, what's up with law enforcement to 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 buck these laws? Like, like as a law enforcement, your job is to shut the fuck up and dribble. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to protect me and work and and enforce the things that we establish as a society, as the citizenry. But these guys, why is is there any pointing out to the sheriff like the conflict of interest of what they're doing and what's going on here for you guys? It's ridiculous. So. 
we recently we've had kind of uh, I would say a little bit of activism uh, is what I've seen with the Lancaster County government. I know that uh, we had the county attorney threat. I can't remember the exact steps that they were going to take. Basically say that the mask mandate wasn't properly enforced by the health director for really minuscule reasons, right? Just like nitpicking hairs on, on trying to get that out. So we've seen a little bit of, of you know, activism out of, out of our law enforcement officials in Lancaster County within the last couple of weeks. That's crazy, dude. Why? What's up with that? Hey, you know, the other thing is, though, uh, I was wondering if this was a bill. And so is this just that uh, ballot initiative that one question asked in two parts? Yeah, so that's why... Uh, as far as what this is going to look like, I wish I could tell you, right? So we have a lot of dust that needs to settle, right? But the first battle is is getting the vote out and, and getting people to show up on election day and and to to vote for this, right? So yeah. that's the first battle is, is get this on the ballot. I guess the first is actually make it to the ballot, right? Keep this on the ballot, and then the second is get out the votes, uh, you know, for the good people of Nebraska and, and get this passed. It's just crazy that what. Did this guy expect, like, for that one question uh, process to, for your constitution, like, just that one question, should we be legal? Like, is that what he wanted? Because, I mean, <laughs> at that point, you're going to go. Like, you think it would, you know, these these lawyers get involved and nothing good happens, right? Right. You think. Lawyers are orders of complexity magnifiers. You get one lawyer in a room, suddenly nobody can agree with one another. You get two lawyers yeah. in the room, now people are not agreeing at all. And then you get three lawyers in the room, it just very quickly starts organizing into committees. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miguel made a great point. It literally should have been a one sentence proposition, right? Nebraskans, should Nebraskans have the constitutional right to possess medical marijuana? Yes. Right? Like, well, even if they just didn't say medical, if they just said marijuana, wouldn't it have been a whole? But, uh, the polling, polling, you know, because yeah. yeah, then you replace the word medical with over 21, 21 and over. And then uh, that that usually polls pretty well. So let's let's talk about the likelihood. Uh, what, are you familiar with any polls in um, uh, Nebraska about if it will pass, Seth? So I haven't seen any polls other, other than the ones that I've conducted myself. Right. So based on. Uh, you know, a jury, I think, is, is, is good because it's a cross section of the community. Right. You get all races, all genders, all ages. And it's you know, the my, peers, the peers. Yeah. 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 And we're, we're pulling, I would say, easily between two thirds and, and three quarters on, on people in favor of of, of marijuana. And, and I think I, I think it'll pass. And I don't honestly expect it to be very close. I just don't understand. Like your state's beautiful. I've been to Nebraska one time because I had to drive from uh would be Ireland to a school in uh, Mississippi, matter of fact. But uh, uh, man, it's, it's a gorgeous day, and uh, I, I did have some weed with me. And I just think, you know, every state's a great state to get high in, right? To smoke <laughs> weed in and to enjoy yourself in, and just to yeah. be a regular human being. Uh, and I just, you're, I didn't see much. Uh, you have a pretty liberal state. The, the people are open minded. The ones that I've encountered at the time, uh, hell, three elevens from your guys' state. Yeah. What, Seriously? 311. 311, yeah. I didn't think there was weed in Nebraska. Of course, like, one of the guys that I went to college with was from Nebraska, and he smoked mad weed. And they're farmers. I imagine they have some pretty things. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about shovel-ready jobs, we got we got plenty of opportunity out here in, in Nebraska, right? Every politician loves that line. I mean, growing up, I grew up on a, on a farm in Nebraska, if you can believe that, uh, out in the country. And we, we had ditch weed everywhere. Right. I mean, it, it, it's well suited for for the climate out here. 
the way I'm I'm pitching it to people is why is Kentucky bourbon a thing? Why is you know champagne you know from the French region yeah. a thing? Why can't it be Nebraska green? Why don't we get ahead of this and mm-hmm. and create uh, a sustainable economy that can benefit everybody within right. our state? Because people in the state of Nebraska fucking love Nebraska. And so they would buy their own wheat. But I thought it was awesome because, like, I Googled your estimate when you were polling the jury. You know what I got? You're right. You're basically, like, dead on. I got a result of 65% to 35% on this uh, I side with poll that's out there. And so it's – who knows how representative it is. But uh, out of all these polls, there is 163,000 for yes and 80 eight thousand for no so it's got a legitimate shot at the ballot this year and that was not medical that was just marijuana uh i think it was tailored for the actual uh the 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 ballot initiative that's Mm. up so like that that website made that one and then you know you share it on facebook so i'm sure it's not a perfect poll but neither is just asking a jury i mean it still seems like it's popular though yeah and i you know i think we're seeing that everybody else is doing it. The sky isn't falling, right? I can Colorado, our, our neighbor next door is making money hand over fist, Ugh. right? And so between people going to Colorado and buying their weed and then people going to Iowa to gamble, we're watching a ton of money leave the state, right? We're losing a ton of money every day on the interstate. But think of the moral superiority, how smug you feel being a <laughs> Nebraskan. If you want to be a piece of shit, and smoke weed, you can go to Colorado. If you want to go gamble away your money, you can go to Iowa. Is that what it was? Yeah. And then it was great if, if you also couldn't drink in Nebraska, and so they sent everybody to drink into Missouri. Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> Just, it will be like that town from Footloose, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska, the town from Footloose. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, Seth, since you're a defense attorney, though, I mean – what are you saying, like yearly? What are you like defending? How from the ranges of like grams to pounds every day? How busy are you with the, the defense type? Yeah, so I mean, we see a wide gamut. So you know, I'm primarily out of Lincoln, right? So that's college towns. So we see we get a ton of you know minor possessions, small amounts. But then the Interstate 80 that runs through Nebraska—that's the fastest way to get from California to New York City, right? So it's it's. Uh, not uncommon. I'd say every couple of weeks I talk to somebody that's carrying two, three, 400 pounds, uh, vape cartridges, sometimes in the thousands, right uh, along interstate 80. Um, so they, they really patrol. Re- I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, the amount of, of law enforcement resources that get expended on interstate 80. Uh, if you are a, a solo male occupant in a rental vehicle from out of state, especially a West coast state, I've had people get followed for two hours on the interstate until they, you know, they, they touch that center line. And then all of a sudden they're looking for any excuse to, to search that vehicle. And uh, you know, the saying is, is drugs go East money goes West Mm -hmm. and how it works is counties in Nebraska get to keep half of the money they found. Right. So there was a, there was a drug, there was a bust in Seward County just down the road from Lincoln. I think $1.9 million was found. So that's $950,000 to the, the county. So there's a, a perverse incentive, right, to play highway robbers. and, and yes, uh, Yeah, but that, I hate that because what do you now have – what have you done? You've just uh, taken the profit motive of illicit behavior and you've just moved it on the line item into the general coffer 
of the government and you've used it to fund the government. And so now the government is complicit in crime. Uh, and so I, I just disagree fundamentally with that type of uh, legislation. But uh, maybe it has something to do with the unicameral system that Nebraska runs on. What's up with that? I, as far as the, the history of it, I have no idea. I think it's, it's us and Maine are the only two that have it. I thought it was just you guys, but maybe Maine also is a unicameral system. But Or maybe they were at one point. Maybe, I think we might be the only one left. Okay. I don't so one thing that I want to know then is, are you, do any conditions, you know, count for this medical marijuana or, or how does that work? So that has yet to be ironed out. Uh, basically, the proposed language of the constitutional amendment um, says that you have the right to possess medical marijuana uh, as prescribed by your doctor or your nurse practitioner. So we do see that it doesn't have to only be prescribed by a doctor, nurse, nurse practitioners um, who have a lot of autonomy in Nebraska uh, can prescribe as well. So we haven't ironed out uh, a lot of these details as far as, uh, you know, does it have to be severe, right? Do you have to show Parkinson's or epilepsy or cancer? Or can we do Venice Beach circa 2001 where, uh, you know, I'm bulimic or, or what, you know, obstructive sleep. We just call it Oklahoma now. Or is it just Oklahoma? Yeah. There are none. There's not a qualifying condition in Oklahoma. Case of the Mondays. Yeah, case of the Mondays. Nurse practitioner? Damn right. Yeah. Walgreens. They don't serve it at Walgreens yet. Oh, down the street then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Oklahoma, I, as far as medical laws, they have uh, – I think it's a great one because it's so, you know, geared to the people and it's uh, yeah. not not commandeering. Like California is trying to control, you know, micromanage everything. Yeah. To the point where market, right? Yeah. To the point where people, I mean, the, is it the, is it half or two thirds of the marijuana industry is still black market in California? Oh, yes. The the numbers are are insane just because, you know, the cost because of all the taxes, people can't get licenses. So it's still, Hey, I can still grow 20 plants at home. I might as well just, you know, (laughs) we can deal a little bit. Well, here in Washington, though, when it was medical, I was telling Tom that I could sell my weed to a dispensary. It was it was a nice market. And matter of fact, Pennsylvania's uh, law coming up, I think, like Tom says, if you're going to get away with traditional market, I think Pennsylvania's got the best way where as a citizen, I have the option to grow it and I can consume it or I can just uh, sell it to a dispensary and have it tested. Quality is always going to sell itself no matter what. Seth, what's the population of Nebraska – and uh, like, what's a, a projected like if you guys do legalize it, the commerce? What is there anything like that? I haven't seen the projections, but as far as population, I think we're sitting around two point two million, um, cool. as far as the the entire state. So, yeah, not not very uh, populated compared to. Or Tom, are you out of you're out of not I'm Chicago? In Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. close to Chicago. I used to be in Chicago all the time before COVID. Now I um, just kind of hang out and wait for their remember events do you guys have events in nebraska <laughs> um it were so as as far as statewide there's i mean i think they're still doing rodeos and stuff like that uh there's not a lot of restrictions in the smaller towns lincoln and omaha are a little more hands-on with uh you know the requiring the the mass and the social distancing and stuff now we're at 50 in illinois 50, 50 is the people and set 50 what about you, Ray? What's that for? 
How many people can you have in a space because of Corona? Oh yeah, it's like fifty. I mean, yeah. I, again, ever since I got sick that one time, I know it's real and I stay home. <laughs> no. Dude, I'm not going to. I mean, that's it, it's sad to see the state that we're in. Like in Nebraska, being a, you know, I'm I work in an industrial main vein of America, uh, lots of business from China where I'm at, and you know, it was only a matter of time I caught it first thing, but. The fact that it's middle America is still kind of ignoring it, like it just it doesn't happen. But yeah, bro, wait till uh, we come to your house and hang out for a little bit. The whole asymptomatic thing freaks me out, man. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, it, it's just it's it's still here. But you know what? It's not cannabis legalization news. This is. <laughs> so how do you how do you envision uh, the cannabis industry starting to come to Nebraska, Seth? Do you think it's what do you see? How, how yeah, so as take it yeah so as far as where this goes so i i hope that we are we we don't over and micromanage this right i hope we that that's my biggest fear is that we we get this to a point where lincoln only has so we have some formulaic formula right there's only one store per fifty thousand people or something right i i want to avoid giving somebody a monopoly and being able to price out other people or you know just have crappy products or or not you know just i just don't trust the government to to overregulate those things right uh so that that's what my worst fear is overall i think that uh I think it will obviously take off faster in you know, Lincoln, Omaha. But I think before you know it, people, it, it's going to get to the point where we say, you know, hell, why didn't we do this earlier? Right. Like the, the sky isn't going to like we're going to see so little change. Um, we're going to be making money off it. We're going to get people out of jail for minor offenses. Like uh, it's just a it just checks every box for. Because yeah. yeah. I bet that weight that you're seeing across I-80, that weight's still going to be illegal. That weight is going to be from out of state, so therefore it's illegal. Because yeah. the way that it's going to be defined, I bet it's going to be very state based. You know, yeah. What? But all that won't come until after you resolve the uh, constitutional issue, right? Like the regulation. Yeah. So first step, I believe it's in the Supreme Court on Thursday or Friday this week. Ooh, wow. It's getting argued there, so we should. It should not take uh, very long. I mean, we only have sixty days till election day, right? right. Yeah. Right, sixty days till no more campaign ads. Right, that's what really everyone's <laughs> counting down. Yeah, here's here's a hint: if you uh, pay for YouTube Premium, you're not going to get none of them ads, and then uh, no cable. Yeah, that helps. Nice. What? Um, so, since everything's after the fact, is it addressed? Like, who will create that regulation? You know, is there a body like your health department, or who is going to be in charge of the actual structure? Yeah. So. What will happen is we'll, we'll say best case scenario, this overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly passes, right? So that's where we get stuck in this limbo because the way ballot initiatives work is within 10 days of the uh, results of the election becoming final, basically the governor has to say whether or not this uh, passes and it becomes part of our constitution at that point. So that's where we get into this, what is actually going to happen, because it can be a constitutional right to possess medical marijuana, but we have no system to actually regulate that or to allow people to participate in it. So what is it going to be the Wild West, right? Are people going to be bussing, uh, you know, truckloads back from Colorado? I I don't think yeah. that we're going to see, right? Yeah. I mean, we're going to be in the Wild West there for a little bit. You are. You are. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's going to be uh, fan freaking tastic. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, for about two weeks. 
Yeah. And so we're, we're going to be in this void where there's no proper structure. Uh, so I would imagine when the legislature resumes in January, that would have to be priority number one, right? Because that's especially the more, you know, if we're in that two thirds mark, that's, that's beyond politics, right? I mean, that's beyond political party, right? You know, we're still dragging our feet on a Medicaid expansion or a Medicare expansion from like two years ago, right? That still hasn't been properly funded. But medical marijuana with two thirds, clearly, I think that would be bipartisan. And hopefully we get something February, March, as long as the, this, you know, what is this system going to look like so we can get every, you know, get the licensing and, and get people growing? Do you think, uh, I mean, I would see something like as soon as they pass the rule, if it became like legal, uh, you're going to have a bunch of entrepreneurs come out and a bunch of uh, citizen lawyers, you know, like, hey, I'm following the rules. I know how to read. Yeah. I mean, we're here. I got my business license. We're good to go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to have that after effect. uh, Like like Tom was saying earlier, how you get a bunch of lawyers together and then they have eventually committees. I mean, it's the same thing with marijuana, right? Like when it was medical here, everybody was doing their own thing, but then eventually things are growing to committees, NCIA or whatever you want, they realize there's strength in numbers and mm-hmm. also in uh, unity if people are on the same page as far as uh, how they do business. Um, and that's going to be something that's interesting to see how your regulation evolves. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking of that. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but we've seen the regulations and the laws around home brewing relax in the last 10 to 15 years. So I think you're going to see a similar kind of spike, right? Everyone was opening a brewery in every, you know, trash can, right? But then eventually you you get kind of people figuring it out. You get an association of people who are able to help each other, uh, you know, kind of band together and maybe get, right? Because every small guy can't afford their own lawyer on retainer, right? Yeah. But okay, as an organization, now we can hire, you know, Miggy or we can hire Tom, right? We can hire these guys to have them uh, on staff and help and establish best practices. And so I think that will be really interesting to see how, uh, you know, things progress and if it progresses similarly to, you know, kind of the, the homebrew and, and uh, the opening of, of microbreweries in Nebraska. Are those fairly heavily regulated or like they're, are there licensed caps, you know? So beer is, is, is fairly free, free uh, rolling. Uh, hard liquor, I guess is just a pain. Um, I've talked to people who have tried to open distilleries. I guess that's still um, pretty pretty darn difficult to get the distillery side of things. So that, might, that might break into some of it, but that's going to be pretty darn interesting. Uh, but then we first have to get some reporting back from you. Maybe over the course of the next uh, 60 days, we'll know one way or the other if this sucker breaks. I mean, uh, I'm really optimistic. But then, so you're telling me, that there might be a constitutional right to medical marijuana in Nebraska by November 14th, 15th. When is the, the technical election day? November 3rd, November 5th? Is it November 3rd? Is that right this year? I, I've heard 3rd, I think. I mean, like, I, but I can't, I'm never uh, 100%. So if you also heard 3rd, I'll say that one. Yeah, let's roll, let's roll with that for purposes of this. I apologize if I screwed that up. Yeah. But I think November 3rd. Yeah. So like, I mean, maybe they don't certify the election for four days or so, but then you're telling me that by mid-November, constitutional right for medical marijuana in Nebraska could be a thing. That would be yeah. the shit. The question, yeah. though, it, if you get your your um, your constitutional change, so apparently your, your uh, governor is not a fan of medical. 
No, he is uh, certainly extremely opposed to to medical marijuana, uh, and, and it's it's unfortunate. And that's you know, can he block uh, it? Is there a way? Like, if the people say yes, we want this, but then can because you know most states because you have the one net system, whereas uh, you know the governor will have to sign it to effect, or uh, say you know even the a national like the president will have to sign to effect. Can your governor stop it? So he couldn't veto the ballot initiative, but he could potentially veto the legislation passed by uh, the unicameral. Uh, right? So which would basically, in effect, cripple the ability to actually carry through the, you know, the ability to, to follow through. But then you get back to your whether or not we can get a supermajority to override the veto. Uh, so that's. That, that's why this is going to be it's going to be an interesting few months um and cool. it's interesting for being a very red state you know we're pulling extremely high for medical marijuana i don't know if that's out of the norm or or I if we're just think it's reflective that, that like because the by by polling at like two-thirds you're still actually kind of low i think the average oh, american's oh. like an 80 percent supporter of medical cannabis so okay. and then like i think it's I know that was like 60% actually support support like full legalization. So the more acts coming up in Congress is going to be interesting. I had a politician call me today uh, and he's, you know, they just want contributions. They do. And, and it's okay. Cause you know, you have to contribute so that they can run some ads so they can win their election. So they can do the voting, how you'd like to see it. So I, I'd asked like, Oh, you want some of those contribute uh, contributions. What about the Moore Act? Can we talk about the Moore Act before the contributions made? That's uh, that's a good conversation that people should be having. I mean, it's going to be really neat. We're going to have like a roll call, hopefully, and then we'll have uh, an index of who voted and who didn't vote for the historic cannabis legalization. You know? Yeah, and and overall, I'm a big big fan of it. Right. So we have the you know, the automatic, like if you look at, at some of the main things, right. So you, you reinvest in, in the communities that have been hardest hit by the war on drugs and you have the automatic expungement, which are two things that can get a lot of people not completely back on their feet, but at least remove some weight from their back. Right. Right. Like at least help them get up. Right. Um, you know, the, the simple nonviolent, uh, possessions that are, are federal felonies that are, that are holding them back. And, you know, to get that off the record and, and help them get a better job and you know, to reinvest in the in the communities and use some of the tax dollars for that. It the the opportunity is certainly there. And so it, it's a historical time. And let, let's yeah. see if we can actually get some. I think some of the, the more liberal cons, uh, I'm sorry, more liberal members of the Congress, they actually want to see that type of redistribution of wealth. They're like, you know, the they've set it up just like in Illinois, where it's like, well, yeah, who do you think was getting kicked the past 80 years? It just systematically took out these areas. That's why we call them disproportionately impacted areas. And um, that they've figured out ways to take the allocations of the revenue and try to funnel them back in there in a, in a, in a method to help repair it. Great. You know, wouldn't that mean like less crime because there'd be less poverty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right, and just and then the well, the income, the revenue. I mean, what Oregon just raked in 110 million. Uh, Chicago or uh, Indiana, what 56 million? No, Illinois hit over 60, uh, 60 last month, and then 
Actually, we should get uh, we should get August's numbers. I haven't seen August's numbers, and so those will be coming out any day. Simply because, and then Lauren, you know, try to hook us up with like a, a graphic or something after we find uh, Chicago, not Chicago's Illinois's numbers for uh, August, because you know, first of the month we do our our news summary redux, and then we can report on who's made what in the cannabis industry. So you say it's sixty million in one month. Yeah, and there's only like there's less than 110 dispensary locations for 13 million people. It's a lot. Yeah, of yeah, like I mean, just right. You just have to like just print every, that every, money. Every What's, budget shortfall at Nebraska. So we have a as part of our constitution, we have to have a balanced budget, right? So it it a lot of times gets in this gridlock over stuff. Uh, it's like every budget uh, shortfall that we ever complain about here could be. I mean, yeah. just to extrapolate that, right? That's almost a billion dollars, right? $720 million over the course yeah. of the year. Well, it's it's in its first year and it's most restri- restrictive and it's most supply constrained. So in, in five years, when there's many more licenses and wider availability and more public perception and acceptance, and like, you know, this is a soda, but like you could have uh, CBD beers or, or, or THC beers. I mean, like Lagunitas has a product, so that's going to be coming to, to Illinois as well. Yeah, I mean, it could be two, three billion, yeah, two or three billion dollars a year. It'd be a legit huge business. Wow, just wild. Yeah. Let's not forget medical marijuana is also about wellness. What's the population like, Seth, in your uh, in Nebraska? Like, is it an older population majority? Just like we we're talking about earlier, how older people are more consuming. Oh man, I wish I had those uh, th- those demographic numbers for you. Unfortunately, I do not. I- I'm sure Lauren could get those uh, for us. But you know, o- overall, you know, I-, I think it provides a-, a great opportunity for people to at least at least try something else. That right, right. So it- instead of you know being on your hydros. Instead of being on, uh, you know, these, these opiates and just very heavy, you know, muscle relaxants and stuff, at least it gives you the ability to try something else. Or right? alcohol. How many, how many people in Nebraska are, they're allowed to have tobacco and they're allowed to have alcohol, a, a terribly non-winning combination. And so how many of the people in Nebraska couldn't, would have saved that last beer and maybe like, maybe would have saved two beers. And so they would have been less drunk. Uh, what about that? I mean, that's the kind of stuff and data that I really like seeing coming out of states. And that's probably one of the reasons why after a state legalized, you kind of see the uh, the traffic fatalities go down and the DUIs go down because there's a substitute good effect that's going on. Totally. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, forever, man. in Nebraska, we have, it'll be interesting because we have very lax, you know, liquor and tobacco laws, right? So I can, in a gas station, I can buy a handle of, of vodka, I can buy beer, and I can buy ammunition. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll, uh, you know, life's essential. So we'll see. I don't know. That That's why it's just going to be interesting to see where marijuana falls, but I have a feeling it'll be fairly tight in the beginning. Um, and then overall, as acceptance, we see, oh, this isn't, you know, the devil's lettuce. Everyone's not dying. Um, you know, we'll, we'll gradually see a, a loosening of those. At least I hope. Right. Yeah. At least I can hope to see that. Yeah. And uh, get those people out of power. Seth, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go to find or follow what you guys got going on at Barry Law? Yeah. So you can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, Instagram and Twitter. 
Awesome. We'll throw those links in the description. Thanks again for coming on and thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Sunday. All right. Thank you, everyone.